Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Former MLB GM and executive and now working for MLB Radio. Jim, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? My pleasure. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for joining us early in the morning. Are you and John Heyman okay after your Twitter spat or is that something that's still uh, (laughs) hot and heavy? Yeah, no, it was actually kind of interesting. So what happened was I was on the air Sunday morning on the front office show, and I was talking about the report that was out there by John Heyman saying that the Yankees had kicked the tires. In fact, I had credited him. I said there's a report that by uh, John Heyman and MLB.com that um, – that the truth was that the Yankees were working on a deal. Well, while that happened, one of the GMs texted me and said, not true, fake news, false, <laughs> nothing to it, wrong. <laughs> so while I'm on the air, I say on the air, uh, you know what, this information is wrong, it's being corrected. One of the GMs just is texting me right now saying that it's fake news. And so that's what happened. And then all of a sudden he did whatever he thought he wanted to do at that point. But, you know, the way I've always viewed it and the way I've covered the game is from the GM's eyes. On behalf of the GM's, that's kind of my niche here. And so when one of them calls me and tells me something, none of them have ever lied to me since I've been doing this side of the work. And so when I got that report, that's what I did. And then he chose to respond the way he chose to respond. That's on him. So was that your first Twitter spat? No, shoot, no. Are you kidding? <laughs> I've been on Twitter since '09, dude. No. I was kind of with you on this one. I've kind of soured on Heyman over the years. I don't know. He's just he just was bothering me with this whole deal. Why do you keep calling? Why do you keep calling you Ralph? Yeah, well, it, many years ago, um, I was it was at the trade deadline, and um, my account was hacked. My Twitter account was hacked. Okay. Before, before we figured out how to fix those things so that people can't hack it. I was hacked, and the person that hacked it, I guess, was Ralph. (laughs) And so it came out there, so ever since then, I was nicknamed Ralph. Okay, I guess. Ralph says so-and-so is going to Boston. (laughs) Well, I have to say, Jim, it would have been a hell of a lot more interesting if John was right about this. You weren't right, and the Yankees were kicking the tires on John Carlos Stanton. What are they kicking the tires on uh, if they're not with Stanton? You know, I keep hearing Sonny Gray and Yonder Alonso, that that's kind of been what the target is left for them. You know, Brian Cashman is usually out there thinking, involved on everything. Um, but a starting pitcher, obviously, I think is the number one priority. The problem is there's not a lot of options out there right now. I know he's kicked the tires on New Darvish. Verlander and Gray are the three. Alonso would be a nice fit at first base, even though they just moved Chase Headley over to first picked up Jonathan Cooper from Milwaukee. They're kind of platooning at first while Todd Frazier takes over third. But if they could find a way to get both Sonny Gray and Yonder Alonso, I think that certainly would fill two big needs in one quick swoop. So I think that's the one that makes the most sense. But I I don't think there's any doubt anyone that watches the Yankees knows the number one need is getting number two type starting pitcher. Yeah, that is true. Now here's the conundrum because the Yankees have changed their approach the last couple of years, especially last year, they've been building through their farm system, and they've got a pretty stellar farm system. 
and they, they just made a trade and gave up a, a, an outfielder, a couple outfielders. Now they still have plenty left down in, in Scranton and elsewhere in Trenton. Now, so do you go, do you continue with the bill through our, our farm system, or do you jettison some of those guys to bring in a vet and bring in that starting pitching? Uh, both is the answer. That's what Brian Cashman tells me all the time. They're working on both. Um, you know, what they liked about the, the deal with the White Sox you're referring to, and it was painful to trade Blake Rutherford first-round mm-hmm. pick a year ago. He's only 20 years old, left-handed hitter. But the fact of the matter is when you have Aaron Judge and Clint Frazier and Aaron Hicks and Gardner at the big league level and other outfield prospects, by the way, they felt like Rutherford was the furthest away. They They weren't sure how much power he was going to have. And so – to be able to get two relievers the quality of Robertson and Canely, as well as a 30-home run bat with Frazier, kind of a no-brainer. At the same time, they didn't give up any of their top five elite prospects. Um, so as they go forward, you know, when I asked Brian the, the question about that, you know, I get the sense that you're not going to see him trade Glaber Torres or Clint Frazier. Um, I get the feeling that even though James Caprillion is coming back from Tommy John, I get the feeling he's going nowhere either. But if they can work a package – let's just say Chance Adams, Miguel Andujar, and Mateo, to be able to get Gray, Alonzo, and one other, I think they're open to doing a deal like that. I mean, remember, if you keep Torres and Gregorius and Castro, well, Mateo could be a top prospect that could be available to bring back a pitcher like Sonny Gray. So one of the great things the Yankees have done is build depth in prospects so that they have multiple prospects at each position which makes it a lot easier to make trades like this yeah and and Jim if you would walk us through the the rule five draft because you have to protect these guys on the 40-man roster if I'm correct if they have over four years of service in your minor leagues or else someone else can come in and pluck them so how arduous of a task is that trying to protect some of this talent you've amassed but They've got those four years of service. I think it used to be three. Now it's four years of service in your minor leagues, and so you can't protect everyone. Yeah, that's a great point. So what, in theory, let's just do it this way. When your system gets deep enough and you're past 15 really good prospects, then it becomes a problem. So you know you got your 25 guys on the 25-man roster, and then the 40 roster allows you 15 more guys. Uh, however, once you once you have more than 15 good prospects to protect at that point, that's when it gets difficult, and that's when – you tend to see GMs making two-for-one or three-for-one type of deals to get under that problem because certainly when you build a strong system like Houston has, the Dodgers have, or the Yankees in this example has, uh, you know, it, it allows you to make those multiple-player prospect deals to get elite players. Gio and Jones with Jim Bowden on CBS Sports Radio, former MLB GM, now working for MLB radio do you expect the Dodgers to react to the Kershaw news or they're just in such a good place that they're going to wait for him to come back and hope for the best well I think they were looking for a right-handed starter anyway so I don't think that this particular injury is going to change the plan I think the initial report back on Kershaw is it's muscular and not um, structural so it doesn't look like it's a herniated disc like he went through last year and so it's possible three to four weeks he's back on the mound. So I, I don't think it's going to change the plan because I think no matter how you view this, they think he'll be ready to go for sure by the playoffs in the postseason. That being said, knowing your top three starters are left-handed with Wood and Hill joining Kershaw, you'd like to get a right-handed starter uh, in the rotation there. You certainly have a history of injury with Rich Hill's blisters and 
Brandon McCarthy, who's on and off the DL as, as much as any player in the game right now, I, I think to have one more starter would make them feel more comfortable. Um, if they're not able to accomplish that, I think you'll see them get a left-handed reliever, either Zach Britton of the Orioles or Justin Wilson of the Tigers or Brad Hand of the Padres to try to bolster the seventh inning and shorten the game a little bit that way. Uh, but I do not think the injury to Kershaw is going to make them uh, do a bad deal. That's not Andrew Friedman's DNA. He's not the kind of GM that's going to walk out there and trade his top prospects. The reason the Dodgers are where they are is he did not trade Corey Seager. He did not trade Cody Bellinger when they came asking. I don't see him going to change that plan. So, for an example, if I'm the Rangers and have you Darvish, I'm going to offer you Darvish for Walker Bueller in a package. I don't think I don't think I don't think there's a chance that Andrew Freeman says yes to that. I think he holds on to Bueller just like he did Seager and just like he did Bellinger. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. The good news about the Dodgers is like the Yankees, their farm system is deep, it's loaded, and they can still make deals without trading the elite prospect in the system. Uh, Jim, we've seen the Cubs uh, really reemerge here since the uh, All Star break. One, they've won eight out of the last ten. Uh, what has been the reason why? Well, I think the Jose Quintana trade certainly changed a lot. Not only did they give him another solid star, but it changed the energy, I think, in the clubhouse uh, immediately after that. And then all of a sudden, John Lester started throwing extremely well. He's been great since the break. Remember, this team is really underachieving. I mean, most of their hitters are hitting 260, 270. John Jay's the only hitter over 300 right now at this point. Um, those are statistics that are going to be waiting to be corrected here. Uh, this team is way better than the way they played. I mean, both the Cubs and Indians should run away with their divisions. Uh, it's been interesting the first half of the year. I think it's going to change in August and September. Um, but the other thing that I think is interesting is they got Hendricks back uh, off the DL. He pitched okay last night. Um, so that that's a positive sign for them going forward. And Theo's not done dealing. I mean, we understand that he's been on the phone with Al Avila, the GM of the Tigers, trying to work a Justin Verlander trade. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes out and gets another one. But I, I'm really not concerned about the Cubs. Um, I think the fact that the entire lineup basically has slumped in the first three months of the season is going to be an advantage because usually over 162 games, the baseball cards end up the way they're supposed to be. And if that's the case, the Cubs are looking forward to two really fun months. There was a story recently that came from the Boston Red Sox charter plane where David Price got in the face of Dennis Eckersley because Eckersley does the TV postgame show and is critical of players, including Price. Uh, in, in your experiences, have players become more or less sensitive to criticism over the years, or is it somewhat similar in the years you've been around baseball? Well, the criticism I've always heard. I've never not heard that. Um, players are sensitive. The wives, the wives listen on the radio and TV, tell their husbands. They get upset. So I've heard that all the time. The unprofessionalism of the confrontation between David Price and Dennis Eckersley is not something you see very often. The few times I saw it, I got rid of the player. Uh, but granted, it's a little bit different when the player doing it is making $200 million and, and is your star, one of your star prizes. So that makes it kind of unique. You know, hearing the story uh, really is embarrassing for David Price. I hope there, there's no truth to it, but it, it does concern me that David Price hasn't had a press conference uh, to say that it's not true. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been an apology to Dennis Eckersley publicly. 
I'm surprised that John Farrell and Dave Dombrowski haven't gotten involved in this thing um, at all. I mean, this happened a month ago, and Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe did a good job of reporting on it. But it, but if this is, is accurate, this, this is just a shame. I mean, it, and it doesn't sound like David Price to me. I've known David Price since the day he was pitching for Vanderbilt at the University of Kentucky, and I and I put on my scouting report that uh, he, that he reminds me of Andy Pettit. And I was wrong because he's going to be better than Andy Pettit over his career. But I, I just watching this kid, his agent Bo McKinnis is a great guy, and this does not sound like his character. But that kind of behavior is unacceptable, and I'm just not – I'm kind of uh, not understanding why something hasn't been done on behalf of the Red Sox front office and David Price to apologize to Dennis Eckersley, who, no matter what you think of him, he's a really good analyst. He's very professional in what he does. He calls it the way he sees it. He gets paid to do what he's doing. It's just I just really don't understand um, this whole situation at all. Well, listen here, Ralph. <laughs> David Price will not be better than Andy Pettit, okay? Andy Pettit is one of the best postseason pitchers ever, ever. Yeah, there's no doubt, and David Price certainly has not done that yet in his career, but I say yet because we all know he's got the potential of being that. Uh, but David Price is building himself a pretty impressive career as well, just like Andy Pettit did. On, on a serious note, what would be would excuse me, what would be your approach with a play if they are having issues with your team's announcers or any broadcast or journalist out there? What would you tell them? Well, I mean, the the first thing is you can't have those kind of events on a team plane or a team mm -hmm. bus. Mm -hmm. That cannot happen. And you can't bully anybody, and you can't get your teammates together to bully anybody. I don't care if it's a broadcaster, a player, or a coach, a bat boy, or a hot dog vendor. That That's just not – you know, acceptable. So there's you got to have the conversation directly with the player if, in fact, this happened. Um, when it happens away, you know, you want situations to be one-on-one. -on -one. I have no problem with a player confronting um, an analyst at all. Do it professionally. Do it one-on-one. -on -one. Let David Price sit down with Dennis Eckersley and explain to him why he doesn't like what he's been saying and why he thinks it's unfair and unjust. Mm -hmm. And like men, look each other in the eye and handle it. Go forward. That's the way to do it. Screaming at people to say "get the f out of here" and doing it in front of teammates who are clapping—that you know—that's not the way I want anyone to handle it in an elementary school or junior high or high school, let alone a major league plane. I like Ralph again. <laughs> I like him now. That's, yeah. that's all it took. Yep. Hey, Jim, thanks for the time. I really enjoyed the conversation. We appreciate My it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.